When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets Hello class, open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World, Season 2, Episode 10, Sister Teresa. <gasps> I like the way that flowed. That was very good. Thank you. Normally you tell me to say the name, and a few times recently I haven't had the name in front of me, and this time I actually did write down the name, and I didn't even need it. Plus I think it works better as an intro. Yeah, like, I think it's good. Thanks. By the time we get to the last episode of this series, we're going to have this shit down. Also, it's going to be a completely different show, I think. Also, we're going to be like old and dying. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to be recording from our nursing home, like rec room. (laughs) Yeah, that'll be great. It'll be wonderful. And we're going to be like, like right now we're relating to the parents. Now we're going to relate to Mr. Feeney. Like, oh, he's got to deal with these young whippersnappers. (laughs) The Matthews parents. How dare they throw their football over the fence into the camellias. Oh, Mr. Matthews is painting the fence for his son. That's not the lesson I wanted him to learn. (laughs) Um, We're here. We're here. We're not in a nursing home yet. But I'm Tanya. I'm Alden. I'm the girl. I'm the boy. You got it. I couldn't remember if If we If you were the girl? No, I couldn't remember if we do that. I don't know if we've done that recently. We have, you crazy person. It's been a long week. It's been a very long week. Yeah. I'm walking around with a pulled muscle. I've been walking around with a broken toe. And a broken toe. I've been walking around with a pulled muscle for eight weeks. Yeah, it's true. I think I tore something when I was playing um, softball for the first time. And it just hasn't been able to heal because every week I play softball again. So sometimes it gets better and he's like, all right, I can go do it. I will have to say he was the MVP of his game this, this past ridiculous. week. It was wonderful. He won it. It was so good. This is ridiculous. I was very proud. I was there. I was rooting him on quietly because I didn't want to jinx it. This is ridiculous still. Why? You don't like talking about it's yourself? It's just my work softball league. I had a good game. It was my work softball league, though. Yeah, it was a good game. If if this was the father son game. That would have been more important than my work softball league. But it's fun. I'm glad to do it. Because I was getting super out of shape and I wanted to... I've been missing baseball and softball and all that stuff for Especially so long. Especially watching Boy Meets World. Like, right? He was like watching Boy Meets World going, gosh, I miss baseball. Silently sobbing. Yep. Not, Not so, so silently. Ooh, same joke. <laughs> Good one. Yeah. We've been together a lot this weekend. Yeah. So... Anything else going on that we need to touch on? It's Father's Day today. It is Father's Day today. Well, you Happy know what? Father's Day. Speaking of getting better at doing our podcast, I was really thinking that we could like look forward to when these episodes are going to air. So like the episode that we recorded last week, we could have been like, Happy Father's Day, everybody. I did that. <laughs> I did that on my birthday. Remember? I was like, when this comes out, it'll be the day before my birthday. Yep. That's the only... It's the only time. It was the only one that mattered. <laughs> yeah, and then it was your birthday for two weeks anyway, so it didn't matter. As of recording this, it is Father's Day, so it happy is. Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, Alan Matthews. Happy Father's Day, Alden Bear. Oh, who's that? You. I don't remember him in the show. Who's it's he played you. by? Who's he played by? You are him. I don't understand. You're the boy. The boy, Alden Bear, is, it's his Father's Day. How could the boy be a father? Good point. Maybe we should not be boy and girl since we're in our 80s. 
go ahead. I'm the man. All Ew. Of it. Yeah. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. If that's how you want this to go down. I'm the female person you, on this podcast. You got to think about the repercussions of the things you say. We're, <laughs> we're on a microphone now. That's how that works. Uh, we watched an episode. We did. We watched season two, episode 10. Called? Sister Teresa. <laughs> I almost said Mother Teresa. <sighs> I wonder what that title could mean. All right. So where do we start? Classroom or not? Um, I didn't blurb. Oh, my God. Tanya, blurb me up. The blurb? For today is Corey goes undercover in a convent after Amy points out how rude he is. You're just Sister Teresa. You're just making shit up based on the title. I don't know what you're talking about. At some point. That's the blurb. It's like you don't trust me. I do trust you, but I saw the episode and I'm pretty sure now that you did not. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I've I've now convinced of. I I trust. Please stop trying to lead our listeners astray. Classroom or not, Tanya? Answer this time. Woman. Not. The woman? Not. Not. Where? Um, they are in the kitchen. Hey, class. Oh, wait. Okay. So Corey's in the kitchen. Amy's hey. outside the door. This was very upsetting. Go ahead and talk to the class. Hey, class. I took lots of notes again. <laughs> All right. So why is it upsetting, Tanya? What happens? So Corey is standing at the microwave... And it's counting down and he's counting with it. And Amy is standing on the other side of the door. It's like a full window door. And her arms are full of like 26 bags of groceries and they're paper bags. And she's like, Corey, Corey, can you please open the door? My bags are ripping. And then she tries to open the door herself. She gets the door open and the bag just like. Well, and the whole time Corey's going, wait, eight more seconds. Yeah, yeah, he's counting down the microwave. And she gets in there and the bag rips in pieces and there's just like groceries all over the floor. And she comes in. She's like, what are you doing? And she's actually so much more calm than I would be. Oh, yeah, she is. Like, I, I'm not a mean person. Mm-hmm. But in this situation, like, hey, class. <laughs> this is your food, kiddo. Like, come and help me right now mm-hmm. or you don't get to eat it. Uh-huh. So anyway... She's like, what are you even doing? And he starts putting on the socks that he just pulled out of the microwave. Yeah, he said, I'm nuking my socks. I I I have this new idea. I realize how much I enjoy putting on warm clothes, so I figured I'd put them in the microwave first. But I didn't want to try with my underwear. I was a little nervous, so I tried it with my socks first. And then she's like, help me me pick up these groceries. And she's picking up a whole bunch of groceries. He picks up. The celery and the peanut butter. And he goes to the counter. He opens it up. He pulls out a stalk of celery and he dips it into the peanut butter. Amy looks like she's going to blow a gasket. And like, she's still being very nice. Yes. And she's just like, Corey, you were such a cute child. I have pictures. I have proof. How did this happen to you? And then in walks Alan with a stalk of celery and a uh, giant thing of peanut butter. Tub of peanut butter. And he's like, hey, what's up? (laughs) So she's surrounded by these gross people. Gross people. These gross people gnawing on celery with open... Like, put the peanut butter in a bowl, you weirdos. Wow, look at you getting all mad. I'm so... This this beginning sequence made me so upset. I, I figured it would. It made me so upset. Yeah. It's like... It's like what I talk about with teaching our kids to think things through. Like, Corey didn't think about anything at all. 
zero things were thought of. He thought a lot of things, but they were all him. Yeah, like he was incapable of looking outside of himself. But anyway, so then it like leads into he's walking through the hallway with Sean and he's basically finishing telling him this story. And he's like, so then my mom said, I need to learn to be polite. He says, just once, I want you to try to be polite for a full day. And Sean's like, I think you're polite. But then polite is wearing a tie to your arraignment. He said in my family, oh, yeah. polite is wearing a tie to your uncle's arraignment. Right. Um, and then Mr. Feeney walks up and he's grabbing some kid who's got a, um, a fire extinguisher. And he was like, I appreciate your help trying to put out the fire. But next time, wait for the fire. And then throws him out the door uh-huh. and sneezes. Uh-huh. And then Corey is like, bless you, Mr. Feeney. And he says, thank you, Mr. Matthews. Wait a second. Yeah. That's very unlike you, Mr. Matthews. And he says, well, I'm trying out this new thing. Trying to be nice. Trying to be polite. Yeah. Because let's face it, Corey's not not nice. Like, he's not a, he's not a not nice kid, but he is not a polite kid. It's my next band name. Not nice kid. <laughs> Um, not a not nice kid. Yeah, and then he's like, "Look how look how polite I'm gonna be!" And he runs over and he opens the door for Eric. And he's like, "Eric, my brother, let me get that for you." And he opens the door so Eric can get out and get through the door. Mm-hmm. And then he spins around without paying attention and runs directly into a young lady, knocks all of her books. Well, just one book. Yeah, knocks her all book. of her book on the ground. And then um, she's like, "What are you doing?" And then he bends down, picks up the book, and he says, "Here you go." And he's like, "I'm sorry. Are you okay?" Mm-hmm. And she's taken aback. And she goes, him. I don't know. Let me see. And then she throws the book on the floor again, which annoyed me. And then he picked it up. Well, she was testing to see if he was really as nice as he seemed. Right. But still not okay. It's true. But she's not okay. No. Um, and so he picks it up and she's like, oh, polite. I, You know, not. And she says, I don't normally go for the Velcro headed type, but I could go for that. She's and, like, it's working for you. Um, uh, oh, she says something about, like, I like your smile. And he says, thanks. I used the toothpaste she with says, swirls. She says, your smile's engaging. Yeah, yeah. He says, thanks. I used the toothpaste with swirls. Um, and then she says, mmm, funny, too. I like that. Yeah, and then she makes him turn around, and she definitely looks at his butt. Yeah, she does. And, like, grins. And then she's like, here, let me have your arm. Well, he says, my name's Teresa. Uh, you can call me TK. My friends call me TK. Let me have your arm. And then she grabs his arm, writes on it, and walks away. And Corey goes, Corey turns to Sean and he goes, what, what's this, what are these seven numbers she wrote on my arm? What does that mean? And Sean goes, it means she wants to call you. And he goes. And I, that she wants you to call her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, well, I don't have her phone number. Oh. <laughs> um so sidebar. Yes. TK. Uh-huh. I got very excited when she came on the screen because she is played by Danielle Harris, who I remember seeing in a lot of things when I was a kid, and I always liked her a lot, um, but she was in the movie Wish Upon a Star with Katherine Heigl. You can watch it on Amazon if you want to. It's very good. We don't get money for that. Don't um, plug Amazon. Or just watch it. It's the cutest movie. Um, 
But she was also in like Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Oh, Do you remember her in that now? Yeah. Okay. And she was Debbie Thornberry in The Wild Thornberries. Dobby Thornberry. Dobby Thornberry. Okay. <laughs> and now she just does a bunch of horror movies. But back like in the 90s, she was in a lot of stuff, like a whole lot of stuff. She was in Roseanne for like a whole season. Um, I don't remember that. I don't either. You I'm not sure. Yeah, I saw it on IMDb and I I sort of remember her character like very, very vaguely, but it must have been a season that I didn't watch 7,000 times. But here's the thing. We've seen every episode of Boy Meets World a thousand times yeah. and we didn't realize Adam Scott was in it. That is true. Um, and he doesn't literally doesn't look any different. He just looks like child Adam Scott. Right. Um, but yeah. So anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Danielle Harris. Now, she's the actress that plays... Teresa. And to be fair, she is a very good actress in this yeah. episode. She's she's not very likable, but that's by design. Like, she does a very good job playing the part. Yeah, it's been very rare that we see um, a character that's not in every episode actually do a good job. Right. I would also like to say, last episode... Yes. ...was very Topanga ep- and Corey. What, wait, the episode that aired the day after Father's Day? Last episode? Yes, that one. <laughs> okay. Um, that one was very Topanga and Corey-centric. Mm-hmm. The episode before that was very Topanga and Corey-centric. Yes. This episode, zero Topanga. Zero Topanga. She's not even walking through the hallway. And we'll get into what happens throughout the episode, but it's almost like Corey forgot Topanga existed. Um, yes, it was like a Stephen King book or something like she disappeared, his memory was wiped, and this crass angel swoops in. Like, I feel like this episode should have happened before all of the Topanga episodes. I had a thought What's earlier your thought? in the week. Go ahead. Well, Earlier in the week. Yeah, I just, I save any Boy Meets World thoughts for <laughs> when we record now. Like, I refuse to say them because you'll just look at me and be like, save it for the podcast. Well, no wonder our Twitter account doesn't have any <laughs> tweets. Yeah. Um, so my thought is, is that with sitcoms, they aren't very linear because after they air, they're played in just like sporadic order. So it has never mattered if it followed a pattern. It's a good point. Like I know, um, I'm a big fan of the, the future television program, Futurama. And I know from watching the DVDs that there's a specific orders that the writers, mm-hmm. the, the, what? There's a specific order that the writers wrote the episodes in and and uh, created them. And then when they aired on TV, that shit was like all over the yeah. place and not in any way, shape or form where they wanted the episodes to fall. And that wasn't a very um, linear TV show. Right. That was not a Boy Meets World where you're trying to build a story. It was just it's a random cartoon. Right. Where there's occasionally story elements. Right. But I think Futurama did follow like a sitcom to an, um, to an extent, like, I guess, diagram. And very much so if you compare Futurama and Boy Meets World, it, it does build a story. It builds different um, romances and stuff like that. And even divorces or babies, like the same way that Boy Meets World does. But again, like how many of us watched it in... In until we got DVDs of it, 
like, and Boy Meets World didn't come out on DVDs like that until way after it aired. You know, I wonder if the DVDs have audio commentary. I think I've looked this up before and they don't, but it would be nice to kind of see if they say, oh, this episode was actually supposed to air, but who knows? Yeah, who knows? But yeah, that was my thought. Was We that haven't like- even explained why we think this yet. Um, like we don't, well, Topanga is, he doesn't exist at all in this episode. That is why we think this. We've had, uh, like a blizzard of Topanga Corey centric episodes where they are accused of having sex with each other. They've been in a closet to make out. They've been to a poetry place together and made out. Mm -hmm. Like they've had all of this stuff happen to them. And then Topanga goes missing, just completely gone. Anyway, classroom or not. I'm asking because because it's classroom. <laughs> I was about to say I think it is classroom. Um, yeah, so they're they're sitting in the classroom. It's the next day at this point. Corey and Sean are sitting there talking. Um, Corey says, "I talked to TK on the phone for two hours last night. That breaks my previous record of time on the phone with a girl by two hours." <laughs> Sean asked him how it go or how it went, and he said. She, oh, it went pretty well. She asked me out. We might go out on a date on Friday. I might just let her take me out. And he's like, she asked you out? So that's when Mr. Turner stands up and he starts reading the announcements. And he's talking about, you know, chess club is is, uh, looking for, uh, never mind. Let me get to the stuff you guys care about. Uh, The cafeteria will not be selling fish kebabs. How do you make fish kebabs? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I like. I was still like stuck in the Mr. Turner kind of voice, and I was like, no, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how you make fish anyway, kebabs. Uh, so he's saying all of this stuff. Well, he says the cafeteria won't be selling fish kebabs due to a um, an um, a refrigeration issue. Yeah, and Sean stands up and he goes, "Thank you, thank you. I'll take your applause now." Mr. Um, Turner says, "I don't want to know." Again, it's crazy that this kid who it's his first year in this like ever long high school is doing things that affect the entire school like yeah he's just a little kid yeah um anyway so as this is happening who walks in the door oh it's tk um and she hands mr turner a note it's like i'm in your class now and she comes in and she's standing next to Corey, and she's like can we sit two to a desk Mm -hmm. and mr turner's like no find your own desk and she says how about for a five spot and he says, sit somewhere. Or no, there's a seat right there and he points to it and it's the desk next to Corey. Can we put that five spot in like a to be talked about later category? We can, but can we also point out the fact that as we were saying earlier, um, in last week's episode, Topanga was sitting in front of Corey. Corey? Corey. <laughs> Topanga was sitting in front of Corey in homeroom. And here we are in homeroom again and... TK is sitting next to Corey, and, and there's, there's someone no else Topanga. someone else in front of Corey. And Corey and Sean are in the same seats that they always are. Yeah. Yeah, no Topanga. So <laughs> so she sits in the seat next to him. I think, do we cut to the house now? Um, Him getting home? Yes, he gets home. He, he walks in the door. He gets home, and his parents unveil. Alan and Amy, happy Father's Day, Alan, a week and a half ago. <laughs> His parents unveil a gigantic floral wreath that you would find at, like, a funeral, or I want to say it rem- it's reminiscent of, like, a horse race it did. wreath. It did. It looked like 
it was about to go on a horse's neck at the Kentucky Derby. Only it was a little bit too big to do so. Like it was huge. I don't know if you've ever seen a horse. I think it could. I think it could do. <laughs> Why the are job. you talking to me like Mr. Turner? Listen, I don't want to hear about it. Um, yeah. So they say, Corey, uh, the man of the hour. This wreath came for you, and don't forget this and he pulls up the um, uh, he pulls up another like sheet and it's a clown made out of candy yeah, he goes, and your very own candy clown and morgan's like yay oh morgan's here morgan's here hashtag morgan isn't the only thing she says this episode is can i play with him and Corey goes yes and you can eat him when you're done and she pulls off his nose and takes a bite out of it and says something like why can't everything be this way or something yeah. like that so um, so as they're standing there discussing all of the things, the doorbell rings. And I think before the doorbell rings. Before the doorbell rings, Amy says, can we ask who this TK is? Right. And Corey says, well, uh, she's this girl who likes me. And she's like, uh, duh, uh, explain. And he said, well, I actually have you to thank for this. And she goes, how are you going to pin this one on me? <laughs> And he said, well, you told me to try being nice. A girl dropped a book. I picked it up. Boom. We're in a relationship. And Alan goes, I'm in a relationship too. And then ding dong. And he goes with this guy. And he opens the door and. uh, The guy's like, oh, hey, Alan, I've got another one for your boy. And he's like, hey, Tony. Um, And it's three boxes on a dolly. Of state. It said, with love to Corey, TK. And he goes, it's a nice romantic box of sirloin steaks. It's three boxes of fresh, individually wrapped sirloin steaks. Yeah, it's like she contacted Omaha Steak and was just like three boxes of your finest cuts of meat, please, Mm -hmm. for this 14-year-old boy that I'm going to send it to. Yeah, and Alan's like, I think this is a bit too much and holds up the steak. That's not where I would have said that. I would have said that at the flowers, but then they're feeding my family, so... Right on. Well, that's when Alan, he says, I think this is a bit too much, and holds up a steak and goes, this would actually grill pretty nice. Amy's like, she's buying your affection. And she tells him, Corey, this is too much, too fast. Um, I think you need to do something about this. And he's like, what do you mean? She likes me. Um, I really need Caden to find a girlfriend that buys us three boxes of Omaha steaks. Oh, yes, please. Yes. And Um, then, like, I mean, honestly... He'd probably only be in the relationship for like a couple of months. And in that couple of months, we'll have eaten the steaks and then we won't feel bad when they break up because the steaks won't exist anymore. We would super tell him that he needs to tell her to back off. While eating steak? Sure. Yes. But we would be doing the same thing the Matthews were doing. They did not eat the steaks. That's because true. Well, he, Amy was acting like Alan was supposed to put the steak back in the box and send it back. Like he's standing there like, but... Amy, it's sirloin. Like, this will be really good. And um, Tony goes, well, I don't remember what Tony said. Tony said something because then he goes, Alan, I think you would, you should know me well enough by now to know when I'm telling a joke. But then as they're arguing about the steaks. He picks the steak up and starts walking into their kitchen and is like, where's the grill? Yeah, he says, while you guys are talking about this, let me go cut us up or cook us up some nice steaks. Um, so Tony's their best friend now. Yes. They have three boxes full of steak. Corey is in a very intense relationship 
that he does not know what to do with. Yes, it's a crazy relationship. Also... Um, so now I can talk about the fiver because at this point... Is now when something happens with the fiver? No. Where... Where? Does all of this money come from? Oh, that's a good question. Is this all stolen lunch money? Because she is paying off teachers. She's buying three boxes of good steak. A giant flower thing. A candy clown? Like, a candy clown's got to be at least $50. The wreath would be like 250 to $300. It's not all lunch money, I don't think. Because that would also be too much. But also, the way that she talks to people, um, and we'll get into that more in, in the future here, but the way that she talks to people, we'll talk more in the it's future. It's reminiscent of the mob. It's very mob-esque. Er, mob, um, right. Um, but there's more to that, and I would like to get into that, but I can't yet. Because okay. I almost did, and you specifically said, don't spoil anything. Gotcha. Remember when you yes, said that to me? Yes, I did. I wanted to make it very clear that you were not to give anything away. Mm-hmm. So now you're trying to get me to give out information. You, no, I just want to know. You stool pigeon. I just want to know where her money comes from. She's throwing it around like crazy. Stop talking like you're in the mob. I'm not. Uh, so now we go to the hallway. We cut quick cut to the hallway. Now, I just want to point out, I've been taking notes for episodes, and I don't need to bring that up every episode like I need a pat on the back, but... There is so much going on in this episode. My hand still hurts. He kept pausing and rewinding. He has never done this before. He was pausing and rewinding. And like, he stopped it at one point and was like, okay, uh, I had to go tell the kids what to do or something. He was like, all right, I can catch up on my notes. I'm like, what is happening right now? He was frantic, you guys. Like, he was super frantic. It's almost like I care about our podcast. You do? And our... I do too, but I'm doing okay and without I... all of this news. Because I got him. <laughs> Um, yeah, we're back in the hallway, back in the hallway again. And Corey's telling TK like, Hey, I got, I got the wreath. You got me. I, I appreciate that. And she's like, wreath. I definitely told them roses. They messed up. I'm not going to stand for this. And he's like, no, no, no. It was nice. It was nice. And then she picks up the, oh no, she grabs, she grabs the, kid the phone out of a, a kid's hand, like a pay phone and pushes the kid away and says into the phone, um, he'll call you back. And then hangs up the phone and then picks up the phone. And he's like, who did she call? Was it she Tony? Call, she calls Tony. Tony, I told you. I told you roses. Roses are not wreaths. You should know better. And like she gets very like mob so wait, boss. Yeah, Tony's the mob delivery man. I guess so. The Matthews had him in their house making steak. He's a mob delivery man. When, while she's talking to them or to Tony... Uh, Corey backs up away from the phone, and while he's backing up, he runs into Joey. Joey, yeah. And Joey and Frankie are standing there. And they seem, like, super trepidatious. They're just, like, almost, yeah. like, shaking. Like, skittish. And Corey says, oh, I'm so sorry. And he's like, no, I'm sorry, Miss... Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Corey, that I, I bumped into you. <laughs> this, I got stuff all over my shirt. How could I do this? And, and he's like, didn't I bump into him, Frankie? And Frankie's like, that's what I saw. I saw him bump into you. And Corey realizes something weird is going on. And uh, he says, but your shirt. And Joey goes, this is the shirt. I can get, there's a million shirts just like this. I can get another one just like it. Like on that kid over there. Hey, come here. Give me your shirt. And he chases him down. Um, and that's when. Um, I love those lovable bullies. Those lovable bullies. They're so cute. I love them. So um, TK walks over and 
she goes, okay, it's all fixed, and then smooches Corey, just grabs him and kisses him on the face, and she says, some deliveries I like to make myself. And there's no chemistry there whatsoever, because she's not Topanga. <laughs> Don't be a hater. Other people can have I chemistry. Love, I love the girl who plays her. Like, mm-hmm. I love her, but, like, I mean, seriously, it wasn't even, like, a kiss that was, like, oh, wow, that was, like, a really big kiss for someone their age. It was just, like, a, eh. That was weird. So she... She kisses him and then she walks away. Mm-hmm. I don't remember why she walked away. Um, well, oh, they're she the said, only people left in the hallway. She said, I'm going to go get my coat so you can walk me home. And then she walks away. And as soon as she walks away, um, Harley walks out of the bathroom counting money and says, oh, hey, Corey, how's it going? And he's like, Corey, did you, did you, you just, just call me Corey? Call me Corey? And he said, yeah, why wouldn't I call you Corey? Your name's Corey. And he says, yeah, but normally you, when you you see me, you call me Baboon. And he's like, no, why would I do that? Your name is Corey. Yeah, um, it's really weird. Things are, getting, things are getting really off kilter in Matthewsville. So he walks away, and Corey's got like a raised eyebrow look. And then he looks at the lockers, and I think Sean's over there at that no, point. Um, it's uh, Mr. Feeney. Well, yeah. And Mr. Feeney goes, Mr. Matthews, what's this? And he points to the lockers, and there's a pink spray-painted heart. On, like, six of the lockers. It's not even on one locker. It's, like, across the whole, like, bank of lockers. It's mm-hmm. a giant heart. It says T-K-N-C-M. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mr. Feeney's just like, what do you think T-K and C-M stand for? He said, somebody, somebody named T-K really loves corn muffins. And, and uh, Mr. Feeney's like just looks at him. He's like, you're not buying it, are you? I'll see you in detention. Mm-hmm. And he says, it seems inevitable at this point, Mr. Matthews. Um, so he walks away. Sean walks over. Like, it's just like everybody yeah. one at a time is grabbing Corey. None of them at the same time. Everyone's like, I got something to say to you. And I'm running away. Yeah. And then Sean runs over. Uh, and he's like, Corey, wow, what a love note. And... Corey says, she's coming on too strong. This is too much. She's crazy. She's too into me, Sean. I don't know what to do. And Sean says, what do you normally do to make girls... What? Go ahead. That's not this part. You're right. Go ahead. So what happens? I don't know, but you... You were mixing the parts up. I mean, Sean basically says, like, you have to do something about it. And Corey's like, yeah, I I have to tell her to back off. Sean says, uh, you need to cancel your date tonight. Right. So Sean seems to act like Corey's going to get murdered on this date. He's like, you cannot go on this date tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, so she comes back in. She's got her coat. Yes. And he's like, and she's like, are you ready? And he's like, about that. Like, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do it tonight. And she's like, oh, okay, no problem. We can do it tomorrow. He's like, actually, I don't think I'm going to be able to go at all. And she gets very upset. She's very mad. And she gets angry and she says, oh, I see what's happening here. And she says, I wrote this down because I feel like it's important. Yeah. She says, I understand that no matter how much you give to people, they're going to stab you in the back. Um, which I feel like was such, um, it was such a well-written section here because I feel like 
in this situation, I I know where Corey is mm-hmm. because I we've all known people yeah. like that. You and I have known so many people like yeah. that. A lot where, of times for me, it's not it wasn't like a boyfriend girlfriend relationship. I have had so many friendships where things and money and help is given, and they think that because of that, any bad behavior is perfectly fine. Right. And 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 in TK's case i don't know that she thinks of herself as coming on too strong or bad behavior no um and i think that's also something that's very like relative to our situations as well is people don't even think that they're doing anything wrong no but they definitely do feel like that just because they offered some financial aid or gave them something fun or opportunities or that it just turns into well, cool. Now you can't ever possibly tell me if I'm doing something that's offensive to you. Right. Um, or and, you're stuck with me forever. Right. And that was such a good lesson, I feel like, that was mm-hmm. that was thrown into this episode because um, it's, it is an important thing for kids to learn and for anyone to learn, really. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like most of the adults that I know could watch this episode and go, man, I really need to cut this person out of my life. Well, I also think it's important for the giver to learn it and the taker because like for someone who is a giver and not just of stuff like time and energy and um like for me I used to constantly sit and give advice like I would sit and talk people through so many things people that like I don't even normally talk to um ex-boyfriends girlfriends like who would call me upset about things and I would talk to them for like two hours because I thought that that was the right thing to do but I was wasting my time and I think it's important to remember that like giving um doesn't earn you anything well and it shouldn't and right when you give someone something you should be doing it with the intention of giving them something and not it's not a trade it's not a right they um, don't owe you system. anything for what you've given them. Right. Um, the same way, like, if if someone is giving you something, like, you don't, you are not a slave to that person. Um, and you never worry about what your um, reputation is going to be like because you've cut them out of your life if they are a toxic person. And to an extent, like, it, that's important for you to learn even in a good situation. Like, if you're trying to do everything you can to help help someone and then you you end up getting to this point where you're like how you get so much more upset because you're like how could they do this to me after everything I did to them or did for them and then like again you've set yourself up for more disappointment because you expected them to change as a person because that's not what they're gonna do right anyway (laughs) this is something we're learning (laughs) welcome to our TED talk yeah um (laughs) Anyway, so um, she's she's very upset about it and mm-hmm. walks away and Corey feels bad. Um, and we cut to the classroom now and Corey's talking to Sean and Corey says, I don't know, Sean, she seemed really upset. Like, maybe I should go ahead and go out with her. And Sean's like, you can't at any, any cost. Yeah, like she is crazy. You cannot go out with her. It's dangerous. And as they're saying this, Mr. Turner plops down in between their two desks and goes... This is my favorite Mr. Turner moment ever. Yeah, he goes, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I was trying to teach a class while you guys were having a conversation. And they're just like, yeah, thank you for understanding. Uh, but that's when uh, in walk 
core. I mean, uh, Joey and Frankie come in and they're like, somebody just ran over a motorcycle in the parking lot. And Mr. Turner's like, my Harley? And like runs out the door. And he turns as he's running out and he goes, hey, um, read your books, read poems and walks out. Um, and Joey and Frankie come in. They're like, all right, uh, everybody has to leave. Line up and leave the classroom. Single file, no talking. Yeah. And so everybody's quietly leaving the classroom. Corey happens to be at the end of the yeah, line. Corey's at the end of the line. They let Sean through and then they just like push Corey back into... Oh, Harley comes through the they, center of You're right them. first. They, oh, okay. they grab him and they push him back into the room and then Harley walks through the two of them and just goes, hey, Corey, or hey, hey, baboon. And he's just like, uh-oh, we're like back on baboon again. Um... And he says, um, I, I, from what I understand, you canceled with a very lovely young lady. And he goes, TK? And Harley says, do you know what the, the K in TK stands for? It stands for Kiner. And that's when, dun, 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 Tanya told me not to spoil anything. Teresa? And then she was like. Teresa Kiner. Teresa Kiner. So, Harley. Yeah, he says, no one breaks the heart of my sweet, angelic baby sister. Um, and so he grabs Corey and he says, you, you know, like you'd be dead already, but she says you're a gentleman. So I'm going to give you another chance. Take her out. And Corey's like, well, we don't have to, I mean, we don't have to go out again. That's fine. And he goes, no, you do. And he basically says, if you don't go on this date, you're going to, your next date's going to be with Frankie. And Frankie looks over and he goes, and I don't expect flowers. (laughs) So then we're back at the house. Yep. And Corey comes down the stairs. Sean is in the living room. And Corey comes down the stairs dressed in a full, like, little boy suit. Mm-hmm. Like, not even like a teenager suit. It is a little boy suit. Like a ring, with a, like a ring bearer's outfit. Yes, exactly that. Um, and a bow tie and everything. He's like, all right, Sean, how do I look? He goes, uh, white socks, uh, black shoes, bow tie. You, you look. He says something about looking like a polite person. Okay. And then Eric... And then Eric comes in. Yeah. And then Eric says, you look like a ventriloquist dummy. And he does. He does. And Corey says, perfect. That's the look we're going for. And Eric goes, you look like you're going to go take pictures, go to Sears to take pictures with our grandma, Mm -hmm. which is the best joke I've ever heard. And Corey says, look, we're just trying to really like lean into, um, not unattainable, like what's the... He says, we're really trying to lean into unappealing. Right. And Eric goes, oh, playing on your strengths. I like it. <laughs> uh, and then Corey's like, just just come with me, Sean. Just you you, you and me. We'll, we'll both go. And Sean goes, come on, Corey. What's the worst that could happen? And the doorbell rings. And they it, open it. And it's Frankie at the door. Frankie in a fancy hat. Frankie in a fancy hat. He is dressed as a chauffeur. And... He's like, come on, he let's says, go. He says, let's go, Fuzzy. Because uh, that's what um, Teresa's been calling him, by the way. TK's been calling him Fuzzy. Right. So off they go on their date. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... Oh, and then Eric says, do you have any last words for mom and dad? And Corey goes, yes, tell mom, politeness kills. <laughs> I guess it was supposed to be a little more dramatic than it came off. It just came off as weird. Yeah. Uh, now we're in the car. We're in the car. It's dark. They're outside watching a movie at a drive-in theater. Yeah. So they're in the car and 
TK is trying to like make moves on Corey Not and Frankie j- is like sitting moves like moves. moves yeah and Frankie is sitting in the front and he keeps breaking them up mm-hmm. and TK's just like I'm trying to we're trying to date here and Frankie's like, I am your chaperone. I'm not letting anything crazy happen. So she starts saying, like, you should go play on that swing set over there. Look, it's just inviting you over. And he's like, I'm not leaving. And then he's like, oh, the dancing popcorn. And he's like, I love the dancing snacks so much. And she's like, why don't you go and get yourself? I can't remember what she tells him to go get himself. But again, she starts throwing money around. And he's like... Um, no, I, I, I told, I told Harley that I, I couldn't, that I wouldn't. And she says, come on, they're calling your name. And she hands him money and he just goes, okay, just, just be, don't leave the car. And then he runs out. Right. And immediately the moment that he's out of the car, she starts like leaning over on top of Corey. Yeah. To, to kiss him. And he's, he like pushes her off and he's like, Hey, Hey, um, we, we could just talk. We could just talk. And, and he says, I'm, you know, <clears throat> I'm just real thirsty. Let me go get us drinks. And she's like, no, don't you worry yourself fuzzy. Let me get up and get you a she's drink. Like, you just, you just rest and look cute or something mm-hmm. like that. And then she pulls his bow tie. She's like, lose this mm-hmm. and throws it in the back of the car. Yeah. Um, and she leaves. And the moment that she is out of the one side of the car, Sean jumps in on the other side. And Corey's like, what are you doing here? Sean's like, I live in the trailer park on the other side of the fence. So Sean's like, all right, we've got to get you out of here. He like, says, I you're got... in over your head. I've got my bike. Just hop on my bike. And I think this is when he says, how do you how do you normally yeah. act unappealing to girls? And he's like, I don't know. It just happens. Yeah, he's like, it just happens naturally. He's like, okay, hop on my bike. I'm I'm getting you out of here. And he's like, no, I cannot leave Harley Kiner's sister in the middle of a date. He says, what do you think? I have a death wish. And then Sean goes, it's too late. I got to go. And then runs out. And, and then... as he's pulling the door shut, TK is coming in the other side of the car with a soda. Mm-hmm. So now she she. Uh, leans on top of him again to go mm-hmm. kiss him again and he's like hold on let's just talk let's just talk uh you know let's talk about uh how do you feel about baseball and oh, she like no baseball uh-huh it's, it's been many episodes since we've talked about the phillies and this is not the right time to bring it up yeah he says baseball and she gets all upset and she sits down and she slumps down in the chair and he's like hey hey what's wrong what's wrong tk and she says i just don't like baseball and he's like oh i just you know i, I love the phillies like it's like uh, you want to go to a game sometime or something. Right. And she says, "I last time I went to a game, something very bad happened. And he gets, he, he prods her to tell him what happened. Like he's happy that they're talking and nothing else is happening. And right. she's just like, I was at a game. It was, eight, it was my eighth birthday. And we were having so much fun. Me it was dad. me and my dad. We were having a great time. I had everything I wanted, and it was so fun. And what was it like third? Of- no, she she said during the seventh inning stretch, mm. he he was chatting it up with this girl behind Redhead us. Redhead behind them. And he and and her went to go get beers, and he never came back. And he said this is the last time I saw him. And she said I sat there looking like an idiot in my seat for hours, wearing my souvenir baseball hat. And they called my mom, and she was a little bit, and she used air quotes, under the weather. So she was drunk or whatever. And she said, and that's when... Harvey. Harvey 
which is what I've accidentally been calling Harvey, Harley for 10 episodes. <laughs> you almost said Harvey instead of Harley. This is ridiculous. So she says that's that's when Harvey got on his bike and rode all the way to the stadium so that he could take me home, which is super sweet. It, I was on the verge of tears the first time I watched this episode. Like, so many tears. And um, Corey goes, wait, did... Did you just call him Harley well, he or was Harvey? Like, he was like, who's I Harvey? Just... You can't do this part. Yeah. He was like, who's Harvey? And she was like, my brother, Harvey. And then she said, I'm the only one who's allowed to call him Harvey. And so they're having this conversation. When he said, so Harley's name is Harvey. And I could use this information to tell everyone in the world. But if I did it. I would be killed. And she says, yes, you would be. While this is happening, you know, he had broken down to where, like, they weren't on top of each other. Right. But she's, at this point, she's... Well, now she's super vulnerable. Right. And she's back in and she's like, just come on. Why why won't you kiss me? Don't you like me? And he's like, yeah, I do like you. I just feel like, you know, we should take some time to get to know each other. I like you. you. Like, we could be good friends. He actually says, like, this is moving really fast. And she says... I just want to kiss you and grabs him and falls back and pulls him on top of her. And Harley pokes his head in the window and Corey's like, Wah! and Harley freaks out. Yeah. Like he's <laughs> opening the door and he's trying to get Corey out from under TK, who is now like laying backwards on top of Corey, trying to keep him away from Harley and like trying to push Harley back. Yeah, she's like kicking him off. Yeah. And pushing him in the face and like all this stuff. And, I mean, it's kind of intense for a minute. Frankie mm-hmm. comes back. Um, uh, Corey says something about, look, listen, I, she's a really nice girl. I was just trying to talk to talk to her, Harvey. And he goes, you weren't just trying to talk. Did you just call me? You told him? And um, that's when, uh, so Corey, like, runs off or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Frankie goes, all right. We're a little bit mixed up. We're a little muddled right so now. Because so much is happening it's right now. so much. And Harley goes, oh, I'm going to get him. We got to get him, Frankie. And he's like, why? He wasn't talking to you. He was talking to somebody named Harley or Harvey. And I literally can't do it. <laughs> You're incapable. We found the one thing that you cannot do. The Harvey Harley kryptonite. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when Frankie goes, wait, but who could he be talking about with Harvey? Oh. So anyway. At this point, Sean has gotten there and ripped Corey out of the car. And off they ride out, E.T. style on a bike. He saves him. He does save him. Now we go to the hallway. And I'm really, I'm just hoping for another scene without Harley so that I can not have an aneurysm. He he comes into this scene. He does. Um, Sean's coming down the stairs in the hallway. And he starts pushing paper through a locker. It's the same locker that Sean was making out with a girl in. Mm-hmm. So we assume it is Sean's locker. Right. And he says, um, here's here's the fourth period notes. And Corey's like, thank you. Why did he even go to school? I don't know. I, I don't know. <laughs> but he so he slides the note into the locker and you can hear Corey going, wait, wait, this is just a bunch of doodles and scribbles and a piece of gum. And he goes, you touched it. Now I can't chew it anymore. Ugh. So, so Corey opens the locker like to yell at Sean and here walks Frankie, Joey and, and Harley. Yep. Um, and Sean skedaddles. They shove Sean into the locker. 
Oh, that's right. And so they basically switch it. Corey comes, they pull Corey out and they push Sean in. Well, Corey says, you can't, you can't pull me out of here. I'm strapped to explosives. If you pull me out of here, the whole school's going to blow up, which super wouldn't play in 2019. I, that was my exact thought. Like somebody puts that in a show now and it ends up on like BuzzFeed as like the worst decision ever. Yeah. This is before a lot of school tragedies. So. Yeah. Um, what a different time. Or tragedies. Like, I mean, tragedies happen, but not like the way that they started happening in succession. Right. So they push, they they pull Corey out at that point anyway, explosives be damned, and shove Sean into it and shut the locker. And then Harley says, Joey, Frankie, why don't you guys get to class? And Joey- and the- Class? Yeah, Joey goes, class, that's a that's a good joke, Harley. You said we should go to class like we would ever be caught dead in the classroom. <laughs> <laughs> that was so good. And the Oscar goes to Alden on this Father's Day. Harvey Harley. So <laughs> It's the Harvey Harley Award. Harley looks at him and he goes, class. And he's like, okay, going to class. And they walk off. And that's when Harley goes, look, now I'm going to have to beat your, your face in because... Of what you did to my sister. And Corey very calmly starts talking about like what happened. He's like, I promise you, she was coming on to me. I was not doing that. I like her. I respect her. I was that I was not ready for anything like that. Like she was pushing it on me. And Harley is like, You expect me to believe that my sweet, innocent sister was uh coming on to you like that? And Corey says, like he looks at him and he gets real serious and he goes, Harley, I promise you, I would not lie to you. I would tell you. And Harley definitely, like, pauses and looks at Corey. And, like, at this point, like, Harley has dealt with Corey enough to know what his character is like. Mm-hmm. So he knows. Um, and then he turns and he, they're just, there's no one else in the hallway except for this group of, like, like six, yeah. six 25-year-old men <laughs> yeah. leaning against the lockers. Six 25-year-old football players. And he's like, hey. You ever heard of TK? And they're like, oh, yeah, 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 we know who she is. And he's like, she is fast as, as he's saying that she is. And they're like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he goes, hey, you know what the K stands for in TK? And they all look around and he goes, the K stands for my sister. And, and they, they all run off. Yeah. As, um, as 25-year-old men in a high school should do. <laughs> so he turns and he starts talking to Corey again. Um, and he's just like, so he backs off Mm -hmm. and they're kind of standing separate in the hall and and Harley's thinking really hard. And he's like, I, I, I don't know what to do. Like he said something like, I don't, I didn't think my sister was capable of this or whatever. And Corey says, Harley, you're, you're acting like she's a bad person. This doesn't make her a bad person. She's not, which again, is like such a good, it's such a good thing and such a way before it's time thing. Right. Like. We have just over the past, what, like five, three or five years, really started talking about like anti-slut shaming and Mm -hmm. like letting women be able to express themselves without also feeling like they're going to be victimized. Right. um, This was so before its time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was definitely raised in extra 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 purity culture so i still struggle with it a lot Mm -hmm. like a whole lot where i'm like i mean a 14 year old girl should not be acting like this like and i i I do think that a 14 year old girl should not be acting like this but obviously she has a lot of issues that she's dealing with 
and she well, shouldn't be shamed for how she's acting. Right. And to an extent, like what she's doing now, there's there's a difference between forgiving it and there's an, a difference between like, I don't think there's anything wrong with a girl saying this is what I want and I'm going to try to go after it. But there are moments where she literally throws herself on top of him and that's that's not OK. But, so so if a guy was doing the things that she was doing, he would be ostracized forever right at this moment. Right. Like f- there is still a double standard there. Like 100 percent, there's still a double standard there. Um, but she, I don't know. It's really hard for me to express because I, I struggle with it so much. But it, it, it was a moment of clarity where Corey was saying like, just because she wants to, to get all of these guys affection doesn't mean she's a bad person. She's a very good person. She's a great person. And she loves you so much Mm -hmm. because all of a sudden Harley is like trying to come to terms with the fact that he raised her and she is doing something that he feels is not becoming of a, of a girl her age. Well, and, and he actually said, he says, you know, I thought, I thought I raised her to be better than that. And they play like a small laugh track, which I thought was really, really weird. I was on the verge of tears the first time we watched this. And then they played that laugh track and I was like, what? Yeah, it was really what? weird. Like, like that they thought maybe this this whole sequence is a little bit too heavy, and him saying that he raised her was a joke, but it wasn't. They made it clear throughout this episode he he did raise her. Yeah, her he dad was the wasn't... only person that was there for her. Her, her. her mom was an alcoholic. Her dad was not there for her. Her dad left her um, in a public place and never came back. Um, and Harley was there for her. And so there should not have been a laugh track. Right. And and Harley says, you know, I just try to try to do so much to be there for. And I just I can't all the time. You know, I'm, I I should be at home spending time with my my baby sister. And I'm too busy shaking kids down for lunch money. That's where the laugh, tra- laugh track belonged. Yes. Um, But uh, Corey says she loves you so much and she looks up to you so much. You're the biggest influence she has in her entire life. Yeah, and Harley has said like she needs she needs a better example and Corey's like, "Yes, she needs a really good example and there's no one that she looks up to more than she looks up to you." So like basically Corey's like, "Hey, maybe like be a good example for her." And then uh he says, so Harley starts to leave after this like heartfelt discussion with Corey and Corey's like, "So, Harley, does does this mean we're okay?" And, and Corey says, "She's going to find a good guy. Oh, I know she yeah. will." And Harley says, yeah, but I was really hoping she'd date you. Like, Aww. yeah. And he says, you know what? If if you ever can find it in yourself to take her out again, um, if if you want to date her again, like he's not telling him to do yeah. it. He's saying, if you want to, here's some money. Take, take her, her somewhere, somewhere nice. nice. She deserves it. And he takes a, a, a folded up bill and puts it in Corey's shirt pocket. And that's when Corey goes, does this, does this mean we're we're cool now? And Harley goes, no. <laughs> uh, they kind of are. I think that probably Corey is as cool with Harley as anyone could be. Yeah. Like, they've had enough, like, heartfelt moments together that, like, all they're all, pretty kindred. All centered on Harley wanting to murder him. Yeah. Um, but. I do think, like, if you were looking at it outside of the lens of a tv show if we were looking at it as like just like regular people like in our neighborhood or something like it's obvious that this person that is harley finds the person Corey to be an endearing person yes uh, so 
the the scene is just about over. Corey's like, man, okay. And he starts walking off all proud of himself. Like he talked his way out of this, this situation and he learned something about Harley and Harley understands him better and he understands TK better. Mm-hmm. And he starts walking off and then he walks out the door and it pans over to the locker and sh- you hear Sean go, yeah, and I get... I, I, I'll take you next. Uh, Kiner. Kiner. And, and it's like, Corey? Corey? <laughs> Corey. I absolutely forgot that Sean was in the locker until he started talking. Like, it wouldn't have even dawned on me that he was still in the locker. That's actually the end of the episode. That's the end of the main part of the episode. We still have the end credit scene, um, which is, it's, oh, it's at the dinner table. Tape, Tabor. Tabor. It's at the dinner table at home. The table is laden with uh, lobsters. Yeah, it's just like a bushel of lobsters, which isn't a thing. Uh, There's a bunch of lobsters like you would find at a crab thing. Not even. Like, it's it's just like someone took a bucket of lobsters and just dumped them onto the table. Yeah. Um, Everyone's sitting around the table, including TK, and she's got like a dress on and her hair is like slicked back. She looks very suitable. Yeah. And um, she's like... Mr. and Mrs. Matthews, thank you for the opportunity to have dinner with your family. I hope these lobsters are sufficient. And then she turns to Corey and she's like, how's, how's my new self doing? And he's like, you're doing great. <laughs> and Eric grabs one and he goes, ah, this one's missing a claw. And she stands up and like bangs on him. She's like, I can't believe they sent these lobsters. They were supposed to be perfect lobsters. How do they think I'm supposed to impress you guys if the lobsters aren't perfect? I can't believe they sent me these damaged goods. And then she picks the lobster up and throws it across the room. And she's like, ah. And And then then she she catches herself and sits down and goes, Mr. and Mrs. Matthews. (laughs) Thank you for the opportunity to have dinner with you as a family. <laughs> and they're just like looking at each other like, oh, shit. Oh, poor TK. Poor TK. So. So. That's the end of the episode. That is the end of the episode. What'd you think? I think it's clear what we think. <sighs> Who wrote this one? Um, did you ever figure that out? I know you were looking. Did I say it? No. All right. So the writer of this episode was, give me two seconds here. It was Jeffrey C. Sherman. And he's written other episodes. Mm-hmm. I don't remember what. See, now I feel like I want to go back and figure out which ones. Because this one was... An, like, we've had a couple of episodes now where we feel like they are, like, a frazzled speed. I wonder if he's the one who writes all of those. Uh, so Jeffrey C. Sherman wrote episode three, Notorious. Episode three of season two. Um... um Eric goes out with a senior who uses him to get what she wants. Um, so this was the one where, oh, they did New Principal is Weenie. It was the, the yeah. newspaper episode. So, so did he do both of the episodes with the new girlfriend, with Eric's girlfriend? That wasn't this episode. Oh. This was the, the newspaper girl. Oh. Um, Corey had to decide whether or not he wanted to turn in okay. Sean or he would get suspended, and he decided right, which not. which other ones did he do? Oh, wow. All right. Um, Jeffrey C. Sherman, uh, Sister Teresa, which is what we're on now. So those two. <laughs> Just those two. But that was an episode that we really liked, too. Yeah, it was a great episode. And I do think it was another one where it was just like, go, go, oh. go, go. He wrote the second episode, On the Fence, with the water guns. Ah, the one we've seen probably the most. The one I literally referenced at the beginning of this, this episode. That is true. Um, 
it looks like that's it so far. But there might be some more in the future. Stay tuned. Stay tuned to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World to find out who wrote episodes of shows that came out 25 years ago. Okay. Uh, he did write The Fugitive, the one where Sean was in trouble too. Mm-hmm. So there's more, and I just, I'm skipping over it. But anyway, this is Boring Podcast. There's a bunch of episodes he wrote, and they were good. How'd you feel about this episode, Alden? I thought it was really, really, really great. I thought there were a lot of things that were relevant as much today as they were in 1994. Yeah. Um, it's crazy how progressive this episode is. Like, it's not even like a thing where we've said it in too many times talking right. about episodes where we're like, for its time, that was so progressive. Like, what does that mean now? It doesn't mean anything. But right. this is a thing that people still very much could watch and learn from. And that's nuts. I learned from it. Yeah. I mean, I don't like putting a target on myself, but there are things that I'm still trying to unlearn Mm -hmm. from the way that I was raised. And I think I've done a, I've worked really hard and I've come a really long way, but I think probably my biggest issue is, um, I don't, I guess stigmatizing Mm -hmm. when it comes to women and their the way that they portray themselves um i do it to myself it's not even just other people like i i do it to myself Mm -hmm. um and watching this happen where this kid looks at um the brother of a girl who wouldn't leave him alone and says like hey i know you're disappointed right now but like this doesn't make her a bad person. Like I need to hear that. Mm-hmm. I need to see a kid understand life that way because I was a kid when I was taught the opposite. So like my brain is almost like stunted in that. Um, I don't even know how to explain it, but just the way that I was taught, like right. it's it's hard for it to grow past it. Um. So it's actually the thing that I'm working on the most now because I do feel like I've grown past so many of the other things that I was taught. Um, Do I want our kids acting like that? No. But if they did, would I want them treated like they were bad people? Well, so like, and that's the thing. It it doesn't change boy or girl. We don't want any of our kids running around throwing themselves on people and whatever. I do want boy or girl. I want all of our kids, whether it's Caden, Aubrey, Finley, boy or girl, I want them to know what they want and to try to get it. Like, if they decide, I really like this person, I want to kiss them, I want to do whatever with them. You don't want them to be afraid to. Right. I want them to be confident in their decision so that they're not just reacting to other people because they think it's wrong. Right. I think it's a very important life skill for girls to learn, this is the guy I want to do stuff with and I want to do it. Like, that's a good positive thing and i do agree with you but right now we are teaching boys to ask consent for Mm -hmm. a kiss we also need to be asked we need to be teaching the girls to ask for consent for a kiss as well that's literally what i was saying try to get what you want don't like take what you want try to uh, it's okay to it's okay to initiate but also conversate about it right so the way that she was going about it was wrong correct but if she had said like hey Corey, i really want to make out with you and he was like yeah sure that's cool then it would be fine and that that really is my point Mm -hmm. like i don't want our kids to be throwing themselves at people at all but i also don't want them to feel like they i don't want them to feel afraid the way i always have been and sometimes still am to even show affection with people Mm -hmm. so 
it's a it's a teeter tottering line, but my point being, I think, I, it was important for me to watch this happen. Right. I mean, in 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 an episode where we've, I mean, in a show where we've seen them praise the boys for trying to get what they want, like at the same time to say it's okay for this girl to be trying to get what she wants. Right. Now. Uh, we agree like she shouldn't have been throwing herself on top of him that's mm-hmm. not okay that's right. and that's another point of um learning to accept things is you have to say this is right and this is wrong no matter who's doing it like well, and as, the way that sorry go ahead as as a girl she shouldn't be show, throwing herself on boys any more than a boy should be throwing himself on a girl right i do think that if this if this had been an episode where Corey was throwing himself on top of a girl, it would have been a very different episode. Mm -hmm. It would have been a different topic and a different, like, thing altogether. It would have been a way more serious episode. Mm -hmm. Um, And and that's almost a little bit scary just because of how strong she was coming on. Mm -hmm. Um, If it had been a boy coming on that strong, there would have been zero laugh tracks in the whole episode. (laughs) Like... Right. Um, and it would have been alarming mm-hmm. and it, it didn't come off as very alarming because it was a girl and I don't know, maybe it's just my brain, um, or if that is like a societal thing. It's definitely societal. I think as a society, we kind of accept that, uh, eh, guys want, guys want girls mm-hmm. and they just want girls. Like, and I've, I've been in that position myself, like. You you've literally seen it happen where a girl has thrown herself on me and said like I'm making you mine yeah and I'm like hey. I'm marking my ter- my territory by licking your face that wasn't me by the way I did not do that wow you're putting people on blast um, but my my point is I've been in these situations and I am the kind of person who if I don't want something I don't want it like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter who you are if I'm not into you I'm not into you I'm not just going to be a guy who goes yeah sure it's you know sex is sex um I will push the girl off and say what are you doing I don't want this and every single time I get a uh, what are you gay like what's wrong with you right because it's just assumed that like the guy just Guys want it, so just give it to them. And you can throw yourselves on them, and it's okay. So I think that's why it's kind of looked at as okay, even though it's it's not. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad that they wrote Corey the way that they wrote Corey, though. Yeah. Because I do think, again, like, we're seeing a kid that maybe someone can relate to that person and mm-hmm. figure out how to muddle through a situation where they are feeling forced to do something that they're not ready for. And God's honest, God's honest, what? What? Uh, are uh, you uh, okay? Uh, uh, God's honest truth. Even that sounds Did a little funny. Did you just develop a lisp? Yeah, I, I need water. I'm a little, I'm a little parched. Can you go to the snack stand and get us a dance and <laughs> Coke? Uh, no, it's maybe watching this episode as I was growing up helped me develop that where right. I was able to go no, I, I don't want this. Um, maybe not. Maybe it was just something that's that was in my head that I was able to decide what I do and don't want and stand up and say, this isn't it. Right. But maybe watching this did help, mm-hmm. which is nuts. Well, and you you were probably one of the first people to look at me and say, hey, like, I get it. You don't get like off how- of me. No. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it happens like every day. That's she's lying. It doesn't ever happen. <laughs> that was a joke and she made it worse. Go ahead. Um, there have been times like 
I have sisters. We can be very judgmental. And yes, Alden was probably the first person in my entire life who said, hey, what you're saying about that person is not nice. Like just because they, you know, like to make out with people or they dress that way or whatever. Like Alden was the Corey to my Harley telling (laughs) (laughs) telling me, hey, that girl who wouldn't leave me alone, like, she's not a bad person. (laughs) Are you okay? (laughs) There are so many things I want to joke about and And super can't. You can't at all. Go ahead. Anyways... Especially in the specific situation that we spoke about earlier where the girl was like, I'm going to make you mine. um, And she didn't care what you were saying. That specific person, you were like, hey, stop talking about her that way. Like, you know, she's not a bad person. You like her as a person. Like, stop talking about her that way. Um, That was a real eye opener for me. The same way watching Corey do this was an eye opener for me. So thank you. You're welcome. Harley, <laughs> Harvey. So anyway, um, this I think this is a really good episode. It's really important. I I would love to just have people now watch this episode. So much. Our kids need to watch this episode. Yeah. Um, we really do need to watch this with our kids more, just because I think that they, I think our kids would relate to a lot of it often. I think really at the end of the season you know we we kind of like to do things in between seasons Mm -hmm. we did one of those things before um you know we'll do a trivia episode or or a drunk trivia episode Mm -hmm. um but we could also do an episode where we sit down with the kids and the kids watch an episode with us and then we all talk about it right that'd be pretty fun it would be great yeah um it could be terrible actually (laughs) but anyway and i do i do want to say like if this episode specifically does not come out great it is because it was a really intense episode, to be completely honest. And I yeah. think it got us thinking in a way that sort of like frazzled our brains um, because there was so much going on and it was so important. All of it was so important. Yeah. Yeah, it was a really, really well written but densely packed episode. Yeah. Um, I don't think we could do it justice with our voices. No, but again, as we were saying earlier, it really does feel like it should have happened three episodes earlier. Three episodes earlier or like maybe uh, later, like maybe they tie something up with Topanga, like, right. And then this happens and they go into like Corey dating some different people, but like having a, a, a whole bunch of Topanga centric episodes and then boom she doesn't exist and this other girl is like coming onto him like that and he's dating her and like, he's dating her he's and a, he's there's a, no Topanga he's in a relationship with her she's eating dinner at his house like there was no discussion of Topanga it really does feel like it should have happened a few episodes earlier yeah but again like these after they we don't even know what what um how they aired on TV, like if they aired them in this order or not. Like this we don't is how know. they aired. They did. Yeah, because okay. I, I, I was looking up dates. Like just, I, I always want to make sure. Like I remember, like this 1994, and then because yeah, you're good at that. At some point in this season, it's going to be 1995. Right. So, um, but uh, once once they played it once then it replayed completely out of order and it didn't matter that this happened when it happened. That's true. 
We never would have known. But now we do. Now we do, because we binge watch everything. Thanks, Hulu. You should buy an advertisement on our show, Hulu. <laughs> That'd be such a great advertisement for an episode of, uh, of Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World. Yep. But for now, we're just going to call you H. <laughs> no free ads. HK. Ad- no free ads. Hulu Kiner. What? <laughs> I don't know. They take our money. <laughs> I don't know. All right. Well, on that, <laughs> thank you for joining us. Um, as always, you can find us on Twitter at BMG and BMW. Um, I really think we should have said this at the beginning of the episode, but we have a Facebook group now, too. Yes, we do. It's... We just started it today, which is uh, actually we started a week ago. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's facebook.com slash group slash BMG and BMW, or you can just search in the episode, I mean, the what? The search bar for Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World. That'll show up there, too. Mm-hmm. Um, show, you can go there, discuss the episode, discuss your thoughts on Boy Meets World. Let us know if you have any ideas or cool things you'd Say like us to try. Ask us questions. Talk about your socks. I don't give a shit. Just talk. <laughs> can you tell us how long to microwave our socks for? Oh, that's a good point. Because I would love warm socks. I've been so cold. It's summer. And I have been freezing for like five days. I believe at this point we also have an Instagram up, but Tanya's supposed to be making that and it's not happened yet. So, <laughs> one um, day we'll have an Instagram, so check it out. We should have one by the time this episode airs. <laughs> if we haven't, then I don't know what the hell we're doing. Um, It'll any- just be pictures of Alden. Just so many. Anything else you'd like to add? Nope. Thank Thanks for-, for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us. This has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 2. Episode 10. Sister Teresa. Class dismissed. <laughs>